Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual. Thanks to BTOsports.com for coming on. And uh, speaking of BTOsports.com, they're probably a major retailer of the gentleman on the phone right now, uh, somebody that I d- never met but uh, always wanted to do one of these podcasts with, and it's the uh, president and CEO of Foxhead Racing, Pete Fox. Pete, thank you for doing the uh, podcast show. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited to... Uh get on the, the phone here and talk with you. Yeah, um, uh, I imagine you're a super busy guy, and so um, I appreciate the time you take. Uh, there's no way that I don't think any one of the listeners of this show, and there's seven to 10,000, have not probably owned something from Fox Racing. I, I, would, I hope so. I would, yeah, I would really <laughs> I highly so. doubt it. <laughs> um, or at least at some point liked something that we had, we had done in motocross. That, yeah. How do you? Something I'm really proud of is just our, you know, role in the history of American motocross or global motocross, for that matter. Uh, something I take a lot of pride and and care a lot of about. Yeah, there, there's. I mean, you guys do all the action sports. You're, you're into everything. You know, BMX and surfing and mountain biking and and wakeboarding and and everything. But at the heart, you're a moto company, and that's absolutely that's where you started. And I think, you know, you hear the the people going on about. PacSun and all this, who, I, who cares? You guys are a moto company through and through, and you're still heavily involved and invested in the sport of motocross. Well, you know, when we started uh, selling uh, products outside of core motocross dealers, it definitely was uh, something that people were, that caused some people to be unsettled, and not, I'm not sure about, you know, what the future was going to look like. Mm-hmm. But um, our goal from, from that point um, was... You know, obviously to to make money, but even this bigger uh, idea was to take motocross to a bigger audience. I mm-hmm. mean, when you think about how many people go to a supercross race in a year, what's about like a, a million people or something are actually in seats, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a big number, and you know that the, motocross is an amazing sport, and we wanted to take that motocross lifestyle to to a bigger audience, the way that. The surf industry is done. The skateboard industry is done. Um, just try to to grow the pie for everybody, which I feel that we have. I, mm-hmm. I feel that we've we've done you know what played some part in what's happened with the sport of motocross, supercross, especially over the last ten years, and uh, getting to a bigger audience. Yeah. Do you, do you? I mean, I don't think that you would see a star FMF clothing in these shops. No fear, if it wasn't for Fox breaking through. You know, I mean, it was something where people were like, hey, look at this cool box things. What else has motocross got going on? You know, and that yeah, helps I mean, everybody. I, yeah, I, I think that we paved the way for, for other companies. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that, that uh, for anybody that, that, 
you know, follow the, the, the path that we led into a, a bigger audience, I, I think that it's great for motocross. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not one of those exclusive people who wants to, you know, go down the path and then, you know, close the door behind us and yeah. it's only for us. That's, I love motocross. Uh, you know, I've been around the sport my entire life. Um, and uh, it's very, very personal and emotional for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's not, we don't want to, you know, just try to consume all of the pie or more pieces of the pie. We want to try to help grow the pie. Right, right. Well said. Uh, yourself, uh, I don't know how old you are, but um, growing... I'm 44. 44. Okay, so we're six years difference. But uh, growing up in the Fox family, uh, your dad and, and his brother started Fox... Shocks slash uh, importing um, uh, gear. Yeah. So, well, before you you bungle the history anymore, <laughs> let me. <laughs> tell you what. Yes, please my help dad, me. My dad started the company in 1974. Okay. And then in about 75, 76, my uncle joined the company uh, and worked on shock absorbers. Uh, okay. At the, at, there was one company back then, and my uncle w- was an employee working at the company working on shocks. Okay. Um, the original air shocks uh, was my uncle's design. It was with the, it was in the umbrella of Motocross Fox, mm-hmm. uh, the company name at that point. It wasn't until I think it was like 1980-81 maybe that uh, my uncle um, officially separated and started his own company. It might have been the late seventies actually, but uh, for a while they were both within yeah. uh, the one company. And the shocks were were, were a big hit. I mean, uh, they were Gi- they worked well. Hit. Yeah. yeah, they worked my well. My uncle, my dad originally, I think it was. 75 or 76, my dad uh, developed his own, designed his own, like, you know, kind of a Coney replica. Mm-hmm. Coney was the big shock in the day. It was just uh, an oil and spring shock. Mm-hmm. And then my uncle um, came in and obviously uh, created the air shock, which was a massive hit, massive yeah. hit, and really changed the company. Um, and is your dad, is he still around? Is he still? Uh... Yeah, yeah, my yeah. dad's uh, still around. Uh, he hasn't been active Directly active in the company yeah. in, uh, I think, almost 10 years. Uh, he's on, we have a, even though we're a family business, uh, privately owned, mm-hmm. we have a, we created a board of directors just because we thought it would be better. We like the structure of that. So my dad's on the board. Um, still yelling at you for, he, for things you're doing. You still <laughs> he, he attends the board meetings every every quarter. Um, right. But like right now, him and my mom have been in Europe for a few years. They've just had a... Um, a uh, big national ra- motocross race in Germany they, where Ken Roxon was oh, yeah. one that Ken yeah. won a couple weeks ago. My dad was there and handed out the trophies. And My dad l- continues to love the sport mm-hmm. uh, and is very passionate about it. Uh, what's funny is, uh, you know, your dad, Jeff Fox, and then there's Jeff Fox who, who uh, yeah. you know, runs Parts Unlimited, or used to anyways, and it's just yeah. funny that the two titans, I would say between Fox and Thor, you guys probably have eighty percent of the market. It's just roughly off the top of my head, and both guys are named Jeff Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's ironic, <laughs> right? Right. Um, I mean, with us, our family business being the number one motocross apparel um, company in the, mm. the world, and then you know, Parts Unlimited being probably the biggest right. distribution motocross, motorcycle distribution company. Um, so, uh, when, when does a young Pete Fox start being involved? in Fox racing? Like what's your first memories of it? Um, of working, probably working in the warehouse or something, but what, what, uh, when do you first come along and start taking an active interest in the, in the company? Yeah. So I think that this is kind of a, a cool story for especially any young, um, 
parents maybe that have mm-hmm. some kids and have a family business and are trying to figure out what their child's involvement might be. Because from a very young age, you know, my dad started the company when I was six. Mm-hmm. And my earliest memories were stapling catalogs um, together. They were, you know, Xerox pages. And right. we would staple, staple them together in my in our the garage at, at home. Mm-hmm. We'd line them all up, you know, every page in big stacks, and we'd just walk down the line and, and staple them. That's my earliest memory. Right. But I also have a lot of memories of uh, every summer my dad would uh, put us, Greg and I, in different departments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Usually, usually <laughs> separate, but sometimes <laughs> together. Right. Um, so I worked, you know, one summer I worked in shipping, one summer I worked in receiving, one summer I worked in accounting, one summer, you know, we were yep. little kids and we were answering the phone when people would call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite things as a, as a little kid was uh, I liked to um, do customer service where I would open envelopes and read the letters and yeah. either, yeah. you know, send somebody a catalog or somebody would have an issue and I'd read, you know, read what the problem was and I'd try to solve it and make them happy. Um, that that was really a rewarding uh, experience, but very involved from an early, mm-hmm. early age. And back then, you know, people have a different, you know, the company's completely different now, but when we were doing this, uh, it was probably eight to 10 people total in the, you know, yeah. for the whole company. You so mean you're, tiny little place. you mean you're not sending catalogs out anymore, Pete? Uh, no, we, no, not me for sure. <laughs> um, no, yeah, and, and your dad knew that probably, like, hey, i got to give my boys a taste of everything that goes on. And, That's a good question. Yeah. You know, I, we ask him, uh, we've been asking him a lot of questions, like, what were you thinking back then? <laughs> um, and uh, it, it doesn't seem, he, maybe he had a plan back then, but when you ask him now, he, he doesn't remember the plan if he had one. It was more <laughs> like, well, I needed, you know, we didn't have a babysitter, and so I kind of needed to keep you guys busy. And, um, and maybe, you know, just thought we'd get bored in one area. But, yeah. Uh, those are f- fantastic memories. Also, a couple yeah. other good memories were Greg and I, when we'd, I don't know, stop working, we would play hide-and-go-seek in the, in the building, um, <laughs> you know, hide in some of the boxes that were right. full of T-shirts or whatever. Or, uh, and then we'd have Christmas, my mom would bring, my mom would cook a big meal and we'd eat it around the shipping table in the building. Yeah. Very yeah. family vibe. Right, right, and and it's probably incredible. I don't know how much time you have for self reflection, but to stop now and look around, you're just because I've been to Fox there in Irvine, and never mind the worldwide places that you have, but you're probably like, wow, gee whiz. Yeah, what's interesting is that uh, it's it's happened so constantly and gradually that mm-hmm. um, it, that you know it's kind of like life. You don't really realize the path that right. You know that what you've done in your life, and so sometimes every once in a while you sit and look back. Um, But I do have a good story because my dad, you know, hasn't been um, involved in quite a while, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was one point I remember where he hadn't. He was getting less involved, and this was maybe fifteen years ago or something. Okay, wasn't so involved. We walked out into the warehouse together, and he looked around. And he said, he said, who's telling these people what to do? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people? What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Um, would you say probably, the first, I mean, first memories I have, uh, the, the rider that really put Fox on the map is, is Barnett. Um, you know, yeah. he was the dominant guy in the early 80s and, and unstoppable. 
Um, and he was the number one guy. You agree? Did things start picking Absolutely. up around there? He was the first. He was the first. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, the, you go back to Pat Richter, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Pat Richter was really important. Uh, I mean, all the guys in '77, uh, including you know Barnett was yeah. part of the team the in '77. Right. Barnett, Wise, and and Richter, those guys were all really important. Um, Barnett um, for a while was was. Really important to mm-hmm. the uh, to the brand to the development of the brand. Um, and then that's when you guys started, you know, winning titles and like being being one of the the big players along with JT yep. and probably maybe answer. Yeah, you know, Johnny I mean, o, we were still out. even with Bar- in the Barnett days, yep. uh, and that's you know, Lackey. There's so many guys uh, mm-hmm. that uh, it'd be almost you know take a long time to list them all out. Right. Um, but uh, even back then, the the Barnett days, we uh, we were a long way behind JT. We were probably fourth or fifth biggest brand at that point, yeah. um, and definitely not uh, the coolest brand. And that was, you know, my brother and I from young age being around motocross. Um, we something that I tell uh, every everybody here at Fox as often as I can is mm-hmm. that it's all about making a cool brand. Uh, it, it was never about trying trying to grow this company. And where we've gotten today wasn't because we wanted to, to make a ton of money and be this gigantic global brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was because as kids we wanted to be as cool. We wanted <laughs> to try to be as cool as the JTs and the guys that were really cool back in the day. It was all about cool. It wasn't like, hey, they're selling <laughs> right, ten thousand right. jerseys and we need to sell ten thousand jerseys so we can have X amount of dollars. It was like, look how cool these guys are. Look at the fun, exciting thing that they're doing with this brand. Let's try yeah. to do that too. The uh, and then things started to really take off. And you talk about coolness as, as a kid. Uh, Fox Racing sort of got a revamp. You guys signed RJ in '85. He won the title. When he went to Honda in '86, there was a noticeable difference in ads, the looks, the way you guys marketed RJ. And of course, he was at the time, and he was winning everything. Uh, do, do you agree? Did you, did you start seeing yeah. a tide switch around around Rick Johnson '86? Yeah, RJ was like a big breakthrough. Right, big breakthrough. Uh, for the company um, and really for the image of the company, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we signed him. What'd you say, eighty-five? Yeah, eighty-five was um, his first year. Yeah. Okay, so I know for me, I went down to. It's one of the cool history things for me personally is that um, when I was a kid, Rick Johnson, when he was uh, on a yellow Yamaha mm-hmm. at number seventeen, he was my favorite rider. He was wearing Sinisalo at the time. Right. But he was my favorite rider. Because I love the fact that he got bad starts and then would charge really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I loved his personality, his attitude, and everything. Right. And so when I was 15, I told my dad, hey, uh, we need to sign Rick Johnson. He's the coolest guy. Let's <laughs> get fi- Rick Johnson. You're, you're 15. <laughs> you're like, I yeah. just love him. That's my guy, Dad. <laughs> and so um, so <laughs> another thing, like, I don't know what was my parents were thinking. I, at 15 years old, I flew by myself from Northern California to San Diego. Rick Johnson um, picked me up at the airport, took me back what? to his house. He, you know, he was like, I don't know, what was he, 19 or 20? Right. Um, and uh, I brought with me all these drawings about, you know, here's here's what mm-hmm. I want to do, which is, like, make some designs for your gear. We'll do replica gear. And I had this whole, you know, passion for what I wanted to do, um, you know, with Fox and with him to make something really cool and exciting. And uh, I, I talked to <laughs> so I, I talked him into uh, talked him into it. 
This sounds like you're making it up, but that's awesome. That's a great story. It's a true story. <laughs> ask Garcia. You ask my parents. Yeah, it's it was, it's it's right. crazy to think of now, but it somehow it happened. Right, right, and that was it. RJ's like, yeah, kid, sounds good. I'll I'll, I'll sign. He with thought, you. Well, he thought I was older. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a funny part of the story is we went out to dinner that night with uh, his girlfriend at the time, and he was going to stay. Uh, I forgot where we were, La Jolla or someplace yeah. in kind of in North County. And he was going to, he said, oh, I'm going to stay up here uh, in my girlfriend's place. Here's the keys to my car. and <laughs> should drive back to my house. And I said, Rick, I don't have a driver's license. He said, who? What? How old are you? I said, I'm on 15. Oh, <laughs> so I, no. thought like, I thought you were like 18. I thought you were about my age. So. Oh, that's funny. That's a funny one. So yeah. his girlfriend's friend had to drive me back to his house. <laughs> You're like I promise you. I promise you. I'm Pete Fox. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah. the uh, the gear all all white or all red on one side, all blue that he debuted at the uh, USGP. Yep. Um That was that was another set that was uh, you know pretty pretty big deal, especially when you paired it with the one red boot and the one blue boot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that, definitely. Yeah. So that was uh, that was when I was starting. You know, mm-hmm. I just started to. Um, just starting to get some confidence as a designer. You know, I think every uh, every kid that wants to be an artist or designer pretty much, um, you know, whether you're probably in music or drawing mm-hmm. or whatever it is, I think you start by kind of copying and mimicking the people that you look up to, right. uh, which is definitely what I was doing in the early days. And then um, after getting RJ uh, and him switching to Honda, that was, you know, I was just trying to get some confidence where I was ready to do some yep. wild new stuff. You uh, and you guys revamped your chest protector, which was a big hit. I, I think God, I, growing up, it seemed like everybody had one. Um, yeah, the roost, the roost two was yep. uh, was a huge hit. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then also, so talking about RJ, he, you know, you guys had those iconic ads with him too, sitting uh, sitting on doing the thinker. Um, yeah. Doug Henry ad, yeah, uh, which was incredible. Um, yeah. Is that yeah, those of... were my those ads were my uh, ideas. The yeah. RJ had, <laughs> took uh, took some work to convince him. Did that, it? Uh, yeah, yeah, to convince him to get you know basically stripped down naked, yeah. and we're going to take a photo. And I mean, again, uh, what what you know, if I can give lessons to any kid that wants to do anything like you know some of the stuff that that I did in my career is. Is just go for it, man. You yeah. got an idea, just go for it. Either you're going to hit a huge home run or you're going to swing wildly and strike <laughs> out, but you got to go for it. You know, the I've had, you know, a lot of um, misses and mm-hmm. failures, um, but luckily uh, I've had a pretty good batting average. And, uh, uh, and so some of those hits, the Doug Henry ad, I'm incredibly proud of. Right. Um, that was easy because, it, you know, I was just, Highlighting something about Doug, mm-hmm. and really the the Rick Johnson the Thinker ad, it was you know ultimately kind of easy too because I was highlighting something about Rick. I you know I every time that Rick would be putting on his gear, I would marvel at how fit he was. Yeah, and back in those days, guys weren't fit the way they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least fit, you know the, Johnny yeah. O and those guys were fit, but Rick at yeah. that point was really buffed. I mean, his legs were his, amazing. Those thighs, so, his thighs are like tree trunks. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I was just highlighting, you know, something great about him. Um, 
Yeah, and, and I don't know how many gallons of coconut oil either you needed to oil them up. But <laughs> I, yeah, we had to put on a lot of co- like uh, you know cover up because we had like tan lines and stuff. <laughs> well, talking, I, I yeah. still remember that photo shoot. It was awesome. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, and and this is like when you got RJ and like you said, you wanted to be cool. When you got RJ and you did the thinker ad and you did the ads where he's sitting in out of a building with some birds on him and yeah, like those that is when Why? Fox was cool. It's you, yeah. you absolutely hit it. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head there. That's that, you're like that oh, was me right. at my probably most fearlessly creative. <laughs> right, right. Um, probably just about in my whole life that was and, the most and, and fearlessly hope- creative I was because I wasn't thinking about the business at all. Mm-hmm. It was I was pure because I was so young. I didn't, didn't even. Didn't even yeah. really have a huge grasp of money and uh, you know people's jobs and livelihoods and stuff. <laughs> I was just I was young and really bold and just but, um, trying to dream stuff up all the time. And think about your dad too, uh, letting you do this, letting trusting yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like the, he does know the business and does know the money, and yeah. he's saying, "Okay, son, I'm I, the naked RJ, RJ with birds. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. You know." Um, that's, that's yeah, luckily t- my dad is a physicist and he's not a creative type, so <laughs> right, he, right. He, he wouldn't challenge me on creative things. Uh, um, just like I wouldn't ch- challenge him on anything to do with, uh, you know, mathematics. Uh, but uh, uh, one of the, the reasons for that is that, uh, you know, my dad for sure, he created an environment where I was able to do that because he uh, was a, my parents were very modest people. They, mm-hmm. you know, the size of the company back then, I think my dad was perfectly happy with that. Um, didn't have big ambitions to become a really, you know, really wealthy guy. Um, he was pretty happy back then. And he he never had conversations with me like, oh, we have to do this because we have to make this amount of money or we're risking this amount of money. Um, so he really, um, you know, created a great environment for mm-hmm. creativity. Speaking of uh, swinging wildly and missing, can I can I get my money back for the chameleons? <laughs> can, I, can I can I send them back? Chameleons in? is I, I still uh, the the idea <laughs> I think was like a, a good idea, but uh, my logos was, fell off. That was Pete. the biggest flop. That was that was the biggest flop. I think was it really? Yeah. My brother could probably come up with a couple more, but that was yeah. that's definitely on the the highlight reel for failures of big ideas that that didn't work. Um, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, I tell people, you know, you you don't want to solve a problem that doesn't exist. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, my logos fell off, and after a while, I think up in Canada where I lived, it was too expensive to get new ones shipped to me or something. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for... they popped out all the time. But mm-hmm. the, when I say that a problem that didn't exist, people didn't really care about switching their logo colors. I thought that that, that people were going to really like <laughs> right. think that that was a, an exciting thing, and ultimately, people. Even without the logos popping off, people just didn't. They didn't think that the, that they right. that was such an exciting idea. Um, yeah, and, and we talk about the zebra pants. Though. Oh well, we let, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Okay, um, all right. Um, because that might be. Yeah, we'll get to that. But anyways, um, so you, you talk <laughs> about you talk about not having any clue about uh, business and and money and all that. I imagine that RJ leaving in '89 for JT that. All of a sudden, you did get a reality of it. I imagine he went for money. Uh, why else would he switch? Is is that talk about the departure of RJ a little bit? Yeah, um, RJ to... leaving was de- you know anytime uh, you know we develop and I develop really strong um, you know friendships and 
it gets very personal for me. Mm-hmm. So anytime an athlete leaves, uh, it it definitely hurts, and it hurts more to me. It hurts more personally than it does, you know, for me thinking, oh, this is going to be bad for the business. Right. Um, you know, and our and most of these things do ultimately have to end, right? It is it's yeah. business. So it's really hard to have a relationship like with Carmichael where it continues, you know, mm-hmm. kind of continued forever. RJ leaving hurt, McGrath leaving hurt, Bradshaw leaving hurt. Bradshaw and I in the early days were really good friends. I really liked him. Right. Um, and we were about just about the same age, so we had a lot of fun together. Um, but, yeah, that stuff hurts for did, sure. Did you That's stress? The thing did, I'll yeah. say about um, RJ leaving, in one way it was really good for us mm-hmm. because um, – we had become really focused on what happened every Sunday uh, at the race, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Saturday night or Sunday, at the Nationals when they were on Sunday. Um, we we were got really focused on that, and we kind of were, I think, got into this mindset almost like we were a motorcycle manufacturer, like, hey, winning is so important, right? Right. right. For a guy like for a guy like Mitch, or you know, if you have a race team, how you perform every single weekend is important. For what we do, um, that is important, but we don't have to win every single weekend. You know, we mm-hmm. there's image, there's advertising, there's making great products. There's so many more um, things that that ultimately go into making uh, a strong brand like Fox. Mm-hmm. And we had gotten um, way too narrowly focused on, on the racing. And losing RJ kind of forced us to, like, reset and think again about, okay, we got to make great products. Um, right. And actually, a company that I want to make sure that we touch on that I got to get give huge props to was uh, was AXO and what uh, Jim Hale was doing back mm-hmm. in the day was like for their you know the years that they were um, just fantastic, incredible product, incredible advertising. They changed they changed motocross for a few years. They changed I mean the trajectory, right? But, you know, when I look back on what influenced me, is, is really the big ones were JT and Axel. Right, yeah. And, and almost two different eras. A JT in the yeah. beginning and then Axel. Two, two different yeah. eras, two different kind of things that they were doing, but ultimately right. it came but down to product, right? right? JT ultimately made fantastic products, mm-hmm. amazing products in their day. Um, and and Axel kind of reinvented what everyone was doing with Moto Gear and was making an incredible product then. So, you know, those are two. Right. What Axel did was they also really elevated the. Um, the way that the marketing was being done. So that's the uh, highlight that they did. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they you, you lose RJ, but you have Jeff Matasevich, Damon Bradshaw, uh, yep. Tishner. Uh, you have these young guns coming up, and and yep. Donnie Schmidt, I think too. Um, yeah. Um, but and then, and yeah, we had great guys. You great had team. you almost like okay, you know, we lost our big guy, but look at all these kids coming up, and that's when you came out polka dots, zebra print. Um, I think that was it. Was there another one? Yeah, you've got. We had like this whole youth gone wild. Like yeah. we really went. We got really young for a while. Um, even younger. But yeah, that was great. I mean, RJ actually wore the zebra pants originally, and then Bradshaw started wearing them. And the oh, I thought, I thought Damon the, put them on. I thought Damon. I thought Damon was the first guy to wear them in his debut. No, oh, no, okay. RJ. I think it, I. I think that the first race he wore them was that. Unadilla, maybe GP, was it a GP or? Oh yeah, yeah. The fo- my, yeah. my brother, yeah. my brothers have much better memories for this stuff than I do. But I know for sure RJ was because, see, when I designed the the zebra gear, everyone mm-hmm. thought it was you know internally thought I was crazy. Yeah. Um, 
And I, but I still, you know, my dad said, yes, you know, keep going with it. Yep. He never told me to, he never told me no, really. Mm-hmm. So I made uh, this prototype, pants um, <clears throat> and jerseys. And I remember this one part really well, too. I met RJ at uh, Mammoth Mountain. Um, it was, and I went to this condo that he was renting. And it was RJ and one of the Simo brothers from the No Fear days. Oh, yeah. And I, I pulled out, like, here's this. Zebra fans in Jersey, Rick, what do you think? Are you up for wearing this stuff? Yeah. And they both kind of looked at it and talked, and he said, yeah, let's do it. So, again, I have to. I have so much appreciation for Rick um, for being such, again, a great, like, partner in, in going, like, having the, the guts to, to you know, mm-hmm. go with a lot of these wacky ideas I had with Zebra. Not every rider was going to, you know, show up with Zebra. Luckily, Rick was a bold, really bold guy. You know, and and like we said, the you know the thinker boot dad. I mean, he was he was fantastic for that stuff. The the zebra pants. What I mean, obviously a zebra gave you the inspiration, but um, yeah. So basically, people thought you were nuts coming out with those because did they when, the, the, internally people thought it was yeah. nuts? Um, you know, because it was just so wild. And originally, the original design I had was almost entire. The whole uniform was a zebra, <laughs> and there was a little bit of yellow on it. Right. And then ultimately, I toned it down and uh-huh. you know, had a lot of day glow on the front and only littler hits of zebra, which uh, I think was a better design. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the history of ze- that zebra gear is that that um, year, zebra was the best-selling um, colorway of motocross gear that we have ever done. Really? Really? It was, wow. It was, it was like 50% of... <laughs> it was around fifty or fifty-five percent of sales that year was in zebra. I and no, yeah. nothing has ever come close <laughs> to that. Uh, I was. That's my next question. Was did it sell? Clearly, it did. It, I, I it had a set. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. Um, that's why. You, that's why the next year we had polka dots and and spiderweb. <laughs> right, right. You were like, hey, let's let's keep going. <laughs> what else can I do? <laughs> um, yeah. To me, uh, and like you said, RJ put it front. To me, that really represented Bradshaw, though. Obviously, he ran it a yeah. lot, the 80, 89. He ran it. Yeah, yep. he actually ran it the most. You know, RJ, I think it was right at the end of the time that we mm-hmm. were together that um, uh, that he was running it. But Bradshaw, yeah, he he ran it a lot. We ran more ads, I think. Um, I, don't know if RJ was in, I don't think RJ was any zebra yeah. ad, but, but Bradshaw was. And uh, did, did you kind of noticeably switch to – you you lost RJ and you got some of the younger guys, but you also like picked up Robbie yep. Renard around this time and all that, and you had amateur yep. kids coming up. Was this the focus? Were you like, hey, let's try to do this, get these kids instead of you know maybe one big guy? Um, that was definitely was it- part. You know, we were focused. It wasn't it wasn't uh, as simple as like, oh, we're going to lose RJ. Let's go for kids. Okay. Um, it was really when we had RJ, we were going to Ponca City. Uh, we were going to. Shoot, I think Loretta's had maybe just started back then because mm-hmm. um, Ponca was the big thing uh, back in Bradshaw's day, and so we were going to the amateur races and we were, um, you know, signing the young kids. And so, you know, we had Bradshaw when he was, you know, on minis, and then it was about that time that he, these, all these guys were starting to go pro. So part of it was just kind of the timing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that the AM kids that we had had for a while um, were just like finally graduating. Yep. It's that time again. Time for a commercial. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast show. 
Listen to these commercials from BTOsports.com. Use the code Steve and JT Racing. Thank you, JT Racing, for coming on board. Listen to these commercials, support the sponsors, and yeah, then we'll get back to the show. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. And and again with Bradshaw, you know, just sort of an iconic Fox guy, uh, yep. switching to AXO. Just is it again? Just kind of money? Just is that what is going that on? That one, like? that one for sure. I remember being money. They yeah. they uh, they offered him, I think, three times what we had been paying him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a big, big, big deal at the time. Right. Um, right. I thought, wow, how <laughs> how are they going to sell enough gear? And now you look at those numbers that, compared that to now you look at those numbers compared to Ryan Dungey or, or Carmichael. Yeah. And you're like, oh wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that was a that was a big one at the time. And so what we did, you know, after uh, losing Bradshaws, we again were forced to kind of reinvent ourselves, and that was during, then we ended up with the, you know, it's kind of they're kind of cool different chapters um, mm-hmm. with these riders. Then after that it was kind of the Doug Henry era, right? Right. You well, you ended up getting McGrath, and you had Henry Lampson. Well, I think we had Henry for a year or two before we had McGrath. No. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I remember. I, re- I remember there yeah, was did, definitely a gap between Bradshaw and McGrath because right. for a while we were kind of like, "Well, what are we doing now?" Mm-hmm. Um, what What about the uh, controversial at the time controversial team deals uh, that you guys were kind of the innovators of? Well, I guess Mitch had had Axo, um, but yeah. you guys signed up Factory Yamaha and Factory Honda, and and basically yeah. made the casual gear. Outfitted the riders, and I mean, there was a lot of lot of problems with riders complaining about their existing gear deal, and they couldn't go. And that, looking back, though, how important was that? How big of a deal was that? And how much did it help? Those, those were really big, great deals for us. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the The truth, though, is that we didn't. Those weren't concepts that we came up with. We didn't go to Honda and say, "Hey, we'll sign everybody." Okay. Um, Honda actually came to us and said, "We're going to do gear deals for everybody." Um, so when like when McGrath first signed with Honda, it was bike and gear. Okay. Um, so that's how we ended up with all these guys. You know, we had a um, good, really good relationship with McGrath. We had a really good, re- even though he wasn't our guy, and we had a really good right. relationship with Honda. And uh, Honda, you know, thought at the time that we right. were the best gear company, and so that's how we were able to do those deals. And and in of Yamaha, you had uh, you know Wyndham and Dowd and Henry. And, yeah, I mean, oh, that man, was, you, yeah, yeah. Looking back at those days, there were those, <laughs> we had a lot of great riders. 
Yeah, no doubt. Is there is there any riders that you didn't have that you wanted? Maybe you wanted Ron Lachine. I could see a young Pete Fox wanting Ron Lachine, but was, uh, was my there brother wanted Ron Lachine more than I did because okay. <laughs> um, that was more of an RJ fan. Right? Good point. Right. So, yeah. uh, uh, and RJ was you know kind of rivals with those guys. So mm-hmm. whenever whenever we had somebody, I I didn't want. They're kind of their rival because I was such a big fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, the one guy, the one guy that jumps to mind, um, uh, who I really wanted to have in their in the kind of the peak of their racing career was mm-hmm. uh, was Ryan Hughes. Oh yeah. Um, just I don't know. I, <laughs> a lot of people loved him and a lot of people hated him, but he was such a dynamic um, racer, and I loved his passion. And right. you know, I was at Steel City when. Um, his chain. When, what, yeah. Is it his chain that his he chain, yeah. threw his chain and and pushed his bike to the finish line? I was there. I was like almost in tears. And like, <laughs> how do you not want to be associated with a guy like that? Yeah, I mean that was amazing. Even though you know, I think it was earlier that he was him and and Doug Henry were on the track punching each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was a very passionate guy. And and later in his career, you know, um, we've we've. Um, did a deal with we've done deals with Ryan. Ryan's been a, a close friend for years now, and right. I, I love the guy. But that, that's one of the guys that were in their their heyday. That yeah, I wish that we had had. There were a couple others. I mean, it was way before my time, but it would have been great to have like a, a DeCoster or a Hannah. Those right. guys, but those were way way before my time. Right. Um, yeah, it seemed like every time every time you guys suffered a setback, you came back almost stronger. Like losing RJ, uh, you know, losing uh, Bradshaw, losing McGrath, let's say, uh, yeah. and all of a sudden, but yeah. you know, right at that time, Ricky Carmichael's coming up, and it's like every time your guys' scouting department or your your foresight into into locking these guys up is has always worked, and it's it, in one way, like you said, it's hard to let these friends go because that's what they end up being is yeah. good friends, but it always seems to work out for Fox Racing. Yeah, we feel like somehow we've managed to do a great, <laughs> great job. I mean, there's a lot of uh, people here who are really passionate mm-hmm. uh, about this sport. Um, we've been able to put together a really great team of people um, internally. Uh, the kid who does, you know, Todd Hicks, who does our amateur program, he's been with us for, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, 20 years. I, I don't know how long it's been, forever. We used to all race together right. um, up in Northern California. He's been. We've worked on amateur riders, uh, you know, from way back in the day, and it's just something that we really focused on. Um, and, uh, and clearly, we've got, you know, the few people with some talent right. for scouting. Um, but it's definitely a team effort, uh, and we 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 really take it serious and we love it. You know, the uh, um, I guess give me, let's let's uh, we don't have too much more time left, so I want to hurry this thing around, but. What what are some of the best sellers you've ever had? Obviously, zebra pants, like you said. But what else yep. comes to mind as huge sellers for for you? Um, zebra pants comes to mind. Um, the roost roost two chest protector that you talked about, yeah. like the second version of our chest protector, was a huge hit. Um, you know, today we do we're clear we're in a huge way the industry leader in. Um, Pants, jersey, gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, going back at some like kind of odd things in the in history, you know, people don't wear ch- uh, kidney belts these, right. these days very much. Yeah. Back in the day, I don't know, you remember the 
white kidney bell with the FedEx logo yeah. with the American flag. That was yep. a huge, <laughs> huge seller. Right. And people, I tell people about that now, and they scratch their heads. Yeah, it was like rubber. Um, it was rubber, the, uh, the surface. Yeah, right. and yeah. then just the American flag right. and the logo. Like, um, people loved that thing. Uh, what are some of the other big ones? I mean, now, like, you know, we're really strong in um, with our V helmet line, yep. V1, V2, V3, V4. And the, you know, probably, well, without a doubt, the best product we've ever made is our new Instinct boot, the boot that's uh, just been launched. Yeah, that thing Absolutely looks cool. Absolutely the best product we've ever made. It looks badass. It looks, uh, I haven't seen one, I've seen one in person up close, but uh, no, I haven't seen it held in my hands and tried it on. But yeah, it looks like, looks like all your, and let's face it, Fox, hat, you guys had problems with boots over the years. Like, you know, yeah. like if there's one area where Fox hasn't been the strongest, it's been in boots. Um, some great. Some great designs, some great boots. I mean, the RJ signature boot was awesome with the buckle on the bottom. That was a, yeah, that yeah. was a great boot. And then right. uh, the original Forma boot, mm -hmm. um, do you remember that one? That's yep. kind of the Kevin Windham wore it, uh, Steve Lampson yep. wore it, Doug uh, Henry, those guys. That boot was really a great boot. Um, it was the original um, booty boot. We I had a oh, booty, built-in booty in that before yep. anybody else had a booty. Um, that was my design. That was uh, actually a really good seller. And then after that, we definitely um, we came up with some you know mediocre product, and we um, kind of took our our eye off of that part of the business. The instinct, the new instinct boot, is, um, is our you know we sat down and said we have to make the best boot in the industry. We're capable of it. We need to do it. Mm -hmm. Let's challenge ourselves. And I think absolutely we we've done it with that boot. Um, what what hurt personally more losing losing RJ losing Bradshaw losing McGrath or losing James Stewart um, who I thought wow. was for sure and I I'm not, I'm not trying to do this to, to to be controversial or anything I'm just as a personal at a personal level like which guy did you hate to see go the most if if you can pin it down <clears throat> they they all hurt a lot um, <laughs> right, right. In, in different ways in different ways yeah. Um, uh, it's incredible to me that that we're even discussing four iconic, you know, some of the four yeah. best racers of all time, and they've all. Some companies are lucky to get one, and uh, yeah. and these are four guys that have come and gone for you. Never mind the guys yeah. like Carmichael and Dungey and Ken Roxon, who you already have, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. RJ heard a lot. Um, McGrath heard a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, was it? And then. I mean, Stewart, Stewart heard yeah. a lot too. The 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 most the Stewart one is the kind of the newest one yeah. or the freshest one, right? right. And uh, the Stewart one is was a little bit different because I felt that um, you know I had known James since he was like seven years old, yeah. right? And yeah. he'd stayed at my house uh, many times over the years and had become really good friends with everybody. It kind of grew up with the. Right. employees at Fox. Um, and kind of the one of the biggest disappointments there was that uh, I felt that all of, you know, when he was a kid, we'd talk all the time about what his dreams for the future were with the sport of motocross. Right. And I felt like when we kind of split up there that uh, those, he didn't care about those dreams. At least I didn't right. feel that he had the same you know, he was continuing with those the dreams that he had when he was a kid, and being a dreamer myself, a childhood dreamer, obviously um, 
having these big dreams. Mm-hmm. My whole life, I, I really connect with the idea of people dreaming and trying to live out their dreams. Um, and so I felt that, you know, he had, and he's an individual, he's a person, he can do whatever he wants with his life. Yeah. Um, but so that, that you know, I don't want to um, take anything away from him. He's um, amazing athlete, uh, spectacular, iconic person in the sport. I have no bad feelings towards him or anybody that's ever ridden for us. Yeah. Um, and so that that one um, felt different because of those reasons. Because it was, yeah. I was maybe a lot more personally connected to um, to his, you know, growing up period. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremy and and I mean Rick was older than me, and Jeremy was Jeremy was just about my age. So, mm-hmm. you know, those guys had their own you know lives pretty well mapped out by the time uh, yeah. you know, I got to know them. But James, I was definitely in there at a much younger level. I felt like he was my younger brother for a long time. You know? As an outsider, that was a bomb. That was a, yeah. that was a wow. Cause I mean, Ricky was tail that was ending his career and yep. that was a natural progression. Once again, Fox hitting it out of the park with that. And when yep. that happened, that was a wow. Uh, I gotta yeah. say, you know, and I'm not connected to yeah. Fox in any way, but it was, it was a shocker. Yeah. No, uh, it was, uh, it wasn't an easy an easy thing, um, and uh, but uh, I think you know, looking back, it was definitely the right thing for both of us. Right, we right. just kind of had different directions that we wanted to go. How hard is it for you, or or you know, the person underneath you that ultimately everything probably boils down to you? But how hard is it for you to say no to some riders and teams? And I mean, I can hear your passion for the sport and your voice and and your actions speak for yourself uh, as far as being loving the sport. And there's all these people you probably are personal friends with and would love to help out and teams and owners. and But yet Fox does keep it a little selective um, with, with their athletes. How hard is that for you to say no to these people that, you know, you want to help out and you, you know that they have the same love as, for you? It's got to be tough. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it can be tough. You, you know, you can't – we can't afford every rider and we yeah. also can't afford to do something great and special and, and you know, uh, give them – Every ride, if we have too big of a team, we can't ever give everyone the attention that, yeah. that we want to, and that and we've always felt that that's a big part of uh, being part of being part of the whole Fox family. Is that you know you're not just a number, you're you're really connected, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to do great things together. Um, so it's it's uh, it can be tough. Yeah, I, I bet. Usually now we have kind of group meetings, and we you know it's kind of a gets to be somewhat of a consensus of who everyone's excited about. Um, uh, but, yeah, it can yeah. be a little bit tough. I, I would imagine because, you know, and, you know, you guys make the coolest stuff and lots of guys want to be in it and it, it fits and forms and functions well and all that. But, uh, you know, you got to draw the line, I guess. Um, yeah, you got to draw the line. But, you know, also I realize that uh, people are going to live their own lives and they're going to be plenty happy yeah. <laughs> um, doing something else, you know. Trey Kennard um, is somebody that uh, we we really we everybody to this day we love Trey Kennard. Yep. I uh, think the world of Trey um, and losing Trey wasn't uh, wasn't something that was easy either. But I look at where Trey is now, and I uh, it it sure seems like he's very very happy, um, mm-hmm. and he's um, you know not with where he is from an injury standpoint, Re- yeah, but from yeah. a, from a right. team and, and his gear sponsor things. He seems very, very happy. Um, and so I'm happy for him. I've had lots of, lots of success. I've been incredibly blessed in my life. Yep. And, 
I, you know, I, I try to just, uh, I, I want everyone else to have yeah. happiness and, and success in their lives too. How about the uh, Ryan Dungey deal? Wow. Uh, sign was one industries, um, comes into the sport, uh, J law falling out with one, where's it for one weekend? You guys pick him up. Certainly he was a great router. None of us, I think had any idea he'd be, he'd accelerate to be that good, that quick. And, uh, and now he's, uh, you know, he's the guy for you. And, and, yep. and once again, it's, uh, it's working out great for Fox racing. Yeah, that, uh, that we're incredibly lucky that, uh, things, that things happen the way they did. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just one of the areas that we're somehow blessed. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, do, do we do we do we give Beaker any credit for that? Do we give Beaker credit? Do we give him any credit uh, at all? <laughs> we give Beaker a lot of credit. Beaker's okay. an incredible guy who has an, an amazing amount of passion and love for the sport and everybody in it. You know, he's yeah. a passionate guy. <laughs> if anything, you know, back to your question: Is it hard to not sign uh, uh-huh. everybody that we want to? Speaker would love to sign <laughs> Every, about everybody. everybody yeah. He loves everybody. Right. Um, He's a spirit leader. But, uh, he is a spirit leader. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of the things, the interesting things that most people don't know about what happened with Dungey is that, you know, before Dungey signed originally with One Industries, that drama, um, we had gone uh, after Dungey. We wanted Dungey. We saw something in him, and we wanted him to be. We saw him as a yep. future guy that we wanted to have on the team, and so we went after him really hard. And uh, he's one of the few guys that uh, we weren't able in the history to 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 get. He he did a deal, um, and then ultimately, you know, that deal fell apart, and we mm-hmm. were able to get him before uh, you know, before he started on his yeah. Um, his incredible streak. I mean, his record is amazing. It, it is. It is. Um, and then, you know, again, Ken Roxon, great job on that. And uh, Ken is certainly, I think, an up, up-and-coming kid and a future. And you want to talk about someone who's who's got the media savvy and the, the fans and everybody on his side. Win or lose, that kid is smiles and he's happy and he's a gr- well-spoken. It's unbelievable that he doesn't – he's not from America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's It's really, really impressive. So – it's great, and hopefully that, you know, European riders coming to the U.S. is, you know, going back to the yeah. early, early days when nobody did it, um, and there was, you know, everyone, the American fans would boo at anybody that was European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got the guy, the trailblazers like, you know, Bale and, uh, uh, I don't know, well, yeah. there, there's so many of them, but it was, it's always been such a hard transition for guys. Um, no matter how much they wanted to be liked and how much you know they loved the sport, it, it's kind of it's always been a tough thing to win over American fans um, who are just passionate about you know racing. And I I, I don't fault the fans for being you know passionate. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ken, so obviously there was some concern when you know when Ken was a little kid. Um, and we knew that his dream was coming to the U.S. We were definitely concerned, like, you know, what's going to be the atmosphere when he gets here and right. how's he going right. to be able to handle it. And, and he's definitely exceeded everybody's expectations. And hopefully he's paving the way so that, you know, there's other European kids that will have maybe a little bit of an easier time or a better example of how it can be done. Um, do you want me to give you – I'll give you a heads up uh, on the next – the next thing that you guys need to do, you gear companies. Uh, it's, okay. I'll t- uh, don't laugh. You, what you need to do, I'm telling you, 
everything old is new again, right? Like the retro stuff yeah. ruled when you brought that back for Washugal, um, the red and white, and then the black and gold, and yeah. and and the retro zebra stuff that James wore. Did that sell, by the way? The, the, the or did kids nowadays look at that and go, "What were they thinking when James?" No, wore when we do when we do those kind of like um, right. those those. Uh, I forgot. We, we're doing we do them as limited edition okay. now, yeah. and those uh, always sell out they, like in the first week or so they're gone. Um, here's the next thing you need to do: put start putting the OEM names back on the pants. I know you're gonna lose your you're gonna lose your Foxhead placement. You're gonna lose all that, and and that's not ideal. But you got to go back to that. I'm telling you, the the fans and the public are ready to start wearing pants that have Honda and Kawasaki on the side and whatever. You need to give me these good ideas when, when the interview's ended. So then I know. I'm, other I'm, very, I'm very sorry like that. <laughs> um, you probably won't take my call ever again. But, um, can, we, can, we, can we go back and edit? The, come on, right? The, right? Yeah, not a bad idea. I'm telling you. I don't know why you guys ever stopped that. Maybe just because, I mean, obviously, you know, now Fox is, and everybody's logos are more prominent, and that's more advertising and more brand awareness. But, um I'm telling you, it's just, I got I'm looking at a V. Well, you know, we do sell, like we sell Honda gear, um, and we sold Yamaha gear, um, and it's just, uh, Start putting you know, up. one of the big problems now is back in, back when that was a bigger mm-hmm. deal, um, we had more freedom, and now the, all the, the race, the factories are so, um, controlling of everything that, yeah. the, yeah. their logo usage and the color usage that, that it really limits um, the creativity on the gear. Yeah. And people, these the customers these days, they want something that's you know kind of exciting. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, with the success we we have with making wacky, exciting, bold designs, and uh, you know it's one of the things that we've we've always uh, kind of whenever we're doing a deal with whether it's a Honda or any of the energy drink guys, we're mm-hmm. always saying you know you. If you want this to really be successful, you got to give us more um, yeah. creative freedom, or or you know it's going to get boring really fast. So yeah, Yamaha. You know, I was a factory mechanic for a number of years at Yamaha and KTM and stuff. And uh, by the way, Tim Ferry, my favorite rider, worked for him for four years. Original Fox yep. athlete back in the day. Great guy. Um, yep. But uh, Yamaha used to just put their blue rectangular bold iron on right underneath, over top of anything that was underneath yep. it, or what. They just didn't care. They're like we're just putting it right here, and I guess you're right. Yeah, it does limit. Terrible. It limits, and looks kind of. It looks blocky. It looks like they just you know stamped yeah. it on there. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm. I have a few more ideas, and maybe I'll, I'll wait till we're after. Well, done it's it. interesting. Yeah. You know, the sport's changing. Um, mm-hmm. We're going through a really interesting um, kind of transition thing that's happening right now, where you know, looking out in the future, are there going to still be factory teams? Are they going right. to be yeah. you know um, these other teams? you know, private teams with factory support. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, someday in the future, our kids, instead of wanting to have, you know, Honda like they had when when I was a kid, mm-hmm. are they going to want, uh, you know, well, we're seeing it already with the energy drink guys, right? Yeah. Or yeah. You know, do they want a Toyota jersey or do they want uh, you know, any of the big outside sponsors? Uh, let's talk about Shift real quick. Um, Shift Racing started, came out in uh... – 96? 96, I think. No. I think it was 98. Somebody told me yesterday, was, was it 97 or 98? Um, what What about Shift? What, why start it? What happened? Talk about the genesis of that. And uh, and obviously, Jeff Emig, um, you know, was the, was the guy and really and really promoted the uh, promoted the line and helped you guys out a lot. Yeah, so we, we uh, 
the goal always with Shift is to have it be as uh, unique and, and um, uh, separate as much as possible from Fox mm-hmm. so that it can have its own personality. Fox has personality. We want to really stay true to that. And anything else we do, whether it's Shift or any of the other um, brands we've ever um, been involved with or, or started, we, we always want those to be um, kind of standalone and have their own unique flavor. Mm-hmm. So Shift was started uh, at the end of the 90s, like you said. Um, it really started because uh, my brother and I could not agree on the future of baggy pants. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, this was back when uh, free the freestyle movement was right. just getting started and all those guys uh, were wearing baggy gear, right? Mm-hmm. The baggy pants, yeah. LBZ yeah. days and all that. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> my brother, like, planted the flag and he said, hey, someday the Supercross champion is going to win. <laughs> the title wearing baggy pants and I said there's no way that's ever happening. <laughs> that's how that's how extreme we were right. with our positions. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he wanted to, Fox to make baggy pants and he wanted us to go in that direction. I said no, we have to stay true, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're a, this true performance brand. Uh, right. There's no way we cannot do that. Um so ultimately that that conflict uh, led to us agreeing like okay, let's start a new brand and do it. Right. Uh, so so we started Shift really just to, as a way to make uh, baggy, baggy gear stuff. and baggy uh, gear, and yeah. also kind of you know continuing that with that with that whole freestyle movement that was happening. It was really exciting back then. Um, yeah, and then and then the, of course MX showing up all black and uh, at the, the, the nationals and and then the white the white camo the GI fro. Um, yeah, great designs. Yeah, so since we had the, we, now that we had you know created a new brand, um, you know. Jeff uh, and I had been friends for uh, for years, even though he was not, not a fox mm-hmm. fighter in any way. Um, you know, we were, we were just really good friends. Um, always had a great time out at Loretta Lynn's hanging out there together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, once we started a new brand, I I kind of did the same pitch. You know, I wasn't 15, but I was the same <laughs> pitch that, kind of, that I gave to RJ. You I, could drive. You could drive this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually Jeff actually came to my house this time. Uh, I gave him this big pitch, like this is the new brand. This is some of the ideas that uh, things some some really fun stuff we could do together, and uh, and he, he was really excited about it. And again, I think that we really did a great job with that in the early days. The like you said, the yeah. camo and the black jersey. I think that uh, those that's fun stuff. You know, you you talking about the the freestyle guys? Another iconic ad, the Dream On series of ads. Yeah. Um, uh, in the desert, uh, I think at Hollister, maybe one of them was at. Where yeah, so the was, original yeah. one was in Hollister, and it was with Robbie Raynard. And yeah. uh, so my, uh, that's when we, that phase we talked, that period we talked about um, where we really didn't have any top riders. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robbie was 15 and had come to Northern California. Um, we we're going to do some photo shoots and work on some stuff together. And so he and I went out to... Um, uh, what's the name of the, the track up there? Hollister? Hollister. Yeah, right. Hollister. Yeah, Hollister. We went up to Hollister to the GP track mm-hmm. um, to do some photos. I used to do a lot of photography for the company back in the early days. Oh, did days. you really? Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, you're jack of all trades. Yeah, so here's an interesting little uh, statistic or uh, trivia question, mm-hmm. answer. Um, I think the only two, the only father-son combination of photographers um, with cover shops 
for motocross action is me and my dad. My dad oh, had yeah. one in the 70s, and I had one in the 80s. You took a motocross action cover shot? Cover shot. Wow. What were you? Yeah. What, what was it of? Who was it? It's at uh, Tokyo Supercross, and it is, uh, it's not even a Fox guy. It's Jeff Stanton and uh, what's the Australian guy's name? Leesk? Jeff Leesk? Uh, no, I don't think it was Leesk. Um, Dak? Craig I think Dak? that's, yeah, I think that's who it is. Yeah. Also, that's a good question. <laughs> part two of the trivia question, but that was my shot. And, uh, wow. I my dad's, I think, was Adolf Wheel uh, or somebody. Did they give you an orange helmet for that? Did they ship you one? No, no they didn't. <laughs> I don't think it was before the orange helmet. <laughs> um, and <laughs> actually, the didn't you take? Maybe I'm mistaken here, but didn't you take the Osaka Bradshaw photo too? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's the, right. that was the same trip. So I took. Uh, I was taking a bunch of. I love photography. Yeah. Um, I still do love it. I don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved taking photos at races. Because you know, I just yeah. loved everything about the sport, and I love getting right in there and be, trying to be like, grab these like great shots of these the athletes doing amazing stuff. And so I was shooting all these pictures of our guys, and I would shoot uh, other guys too, just for fun. Right. And uh, anybody that wasn't a Fox guy, I would back then I would just send them all the MXA, um, and they they ran one of them wow. on the cover, and I think they sent me a check for about fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the Bradshaw photo that 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 is like, hey, this kid is here. Check him out. The one with the Legs, his legs like, out, up. yeah. Oh man, that, I love that. Thing. His legs coming out. It was, uh, it was yeah. a pretty amazing shot for sure. Yeah. Um, and you, 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 as a kid, you're like, what is he doing right there? Is he crashing? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's going right. on? Awesome. Um, oh, so back, yeah. back to the Hollister shot. So me and Robbie go up to Holl- to Hollister, the GP track, and I'm and actually I went there to shoot kind of traditional motocross shots at the time. I was mm-hmm. thinking, okay, I'm going to go find a turn. I'm going to get these like kind of tightly cropped right. action shots of him doing a turn. And so he goes out on the track and he starts doing warm up, you know, just riding the track, doing warm up laps. And I'm trying to walk to this other part of the track to find a good place to to shoot photos. And I kind of got to the hill right after the the drop off. I don't know if you know the track, but big drop off and then they do a big jump and uh, like launching jump after it. And um, I was kind of standing right there and I turned around and I looked back and I saw Robbie on the other side of the track. And the the trees, so everything is green, and he's right. the only guy on this beautiful, you know, loamy track. And I said, "Wow, look at it's just yeah. that's like it's a fantasy. It's so incredible." I took, I literally think I only shot one shot like that. I said, "Oh, I'm going to take a picture of that." Yeah, and yeah that I was it. Literally think it's one or or there were like maybe a couple of shots, and then I did my regular shots. Right. And then went back, you know, developed the the, the slides, mm-hmm. looked at them all, and. I don't think I used any of the other shots. <laughs> I used that one, and I and I came up with the Dream On campaign off of that shot. Yeah, that's, it, that's everyone's dream. Like that's it everyone's is. Yeah, motocrosser fantasy. And then you know the desert ones too. Then out in the desert and Metzger and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, then the Dream On that was such a big. You know, people reacted to it really well. It was right. a big hit. So you know, we tried to come up with other. Um, it was Doug Henry in the in uh, the Dunes, right at Pismo, and then there was the. Yeah, the Metzger and Wyndham and those guys. So we did a little bit of a camp. That was like one of our first real campaigns. How pumped were you probably when Steve Lampson got his fox head tattoo? Uh, you must have been like, wow, geez, Steve, I guess we've got to give you a ride for life now. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. There's, you know, people send pictures of the, of the tattoos, the fox head tattoos that they've got uh-huh. um, over the years. And and that goes to, you know, it it 
it's incredibly flattering and, mm-hmm. and incredibly rewarding that people feel so passionately about the brand. Right. And it's something that that I try to impress upon everybody here that we have what I the way that my my family and I believe is that we've we've created something that that we now have a certain responsibility right. for all the for the sport and for the people that love this brand that we have to like try to maintain the integrity of this thing. You know, so all the decision making has to be to what's best for this brand because right. people have it tattooed on them. People have their own experiences with it. You know, as a kid, I loved brands. I loved, you know, I was a dreamer. Mm-hmm. I loved all this stuff, and I, it and it really changed my life. I mean, as a kid, I'm sure everybody listening, it, I would imagine, has memories of their childhood. My yeah. um, where they were so impacted by something. When I was a kid, I was incredibly impacted by Star the Star Wars movies. Yeah, you know, for Ever since seeing, after seeing the first Star Wars movie, every day I'd walk around like <laughs> at different times of the day, imagining I was part of, you know, yeah. I was Luke Skywalker, and like, you know, just that, that it created this uh, opportunity for me to carry around this uh, um, this creative creativity and have this imagination, and uh, you know, I think that that's just one of the greatest things in life. Uh, one of the greatest experiences you can have as a human being is to have those. Uh, yeah. The, the the little fantasy, the little dream inside your head—that's all yours, you know. No matter what happens, that's yours. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know. I get pretty pretty deep when I start. <laughs> no, I, I I like it. You can hear it in your voice. Uh, what's one product that you wish you would have invented? You wish you would have designed. You wish you would have came up with motocross product or the yeah. iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no no doubt, uh, motocross product. Is there something out there that? You looked at from a competitor's point of view that you were like, that is on point. That is something I wish I would have thought of. Is that is there anything like that? For sure. Uh, in the early days, you know the the JT helmet, incredible, yeah, yeah. incredible design. The JT, the V1000, incredible. You know that that whole V series was yeah. absolutely incredible. The Scott Venturi face mask. How oh yeah, yeah. Spectacular yeah. was that, right? Right. right. That, right. that whole that era was 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 awesome, and then. You know everything that uh, AXO was doing. You know, it was Kenny Safford back in the days, and and um, I forgot the name of the the guy in Italy that that designed that designed mm-hmm. a lot of the um, plastic stuff with Kenny. But um, you know, for a while, the product that they were doing was was the bullet really the inspiring. bullet holes they had. Bradshaw had the bullet hole gear. Yeah, um, both graphically was great, yeah. but also you know the everything they're doing with plastics. They were yeah. doing some really beautiful stuff. Um, I have a. I'm looking at a V2000 and a V1000 right in front of me in my little man cave here. So yeah, I, I <laughs> so get I collect, it. I collect. I collect a lot of that stuff. Do you really? I, I, when I find great stuff on eBay, I buy it. And I've got part of our warehouse. Um, it's full, full of these boxes of of not only Fox stuff but other other brands uh, that you know something that yeah. that I thought was was spectacular uh, uh, back in the day. So I've got a lot of that stuff. I, I had a guy trade me a set of Tim Ferry's race plastic for for a basically brand new ALS2 and I couldn't get that plastic off fast enough. I was yeah. like, here, take everything. Take the bike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like you said, just an iconic helmet. And when you listen to John Gregory podcast that I did, he still says he has some stuff uh, uh, in packages around somewhere. He's not sure where. Really? But <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> wow, I, I, I would like to see that. Um, I'd love to see that. What uh, for, We're wrapping this thing up. What are you most proud of, Pete? What are you... Uh, What's something that uh, when you think back about are, are you uh, are you most proud of Fox Racing for and, and everything your dad and your brother and yourself have done? 
for absolutely first and foremost it's it's I'm really proud of the brand mm-hmm. and the fact that we've created something that you know people react um so positively to um and you know people find meaning in um and what you know in our way I think that we've impacted the sport of motocross in a in a good way and helped uh, grow it and mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, in our way, made it uh, just a little bit cooler. You know, um, that that's what it all comes down to. The the every few years there's a great product, or um, you know, mm-hmm. we have a great ad campaign, and all of that adds up to you know, it's, it's all about the brand. Right. All those things feed the brand, and um, I'm really incredibly proud of the brand. Uh, really proud of of the company that we've we've built. You know, there's great people um, here. People that have been here, you know, decades and decades. Right. Uh, got people. Lot, there's a big list of people that have been here over ten years. A big list of people that have been here over twenty years. Yeah. Some people, a couple of people, have been here over thirty years. Um, and the fact that uh, that you know, through it all, uh, we've had a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. I, I love right. the I love the line that you said. We just wanted to be cool. What we did, yeah. we didn't. We don't want to make the most money. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to conquer the world. We want to be the most cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, hey, thanks for doing the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Kept you a bit later. I could go on and on my questions. I won't want half I know. Through, I but, could go on and on, too. I feel sad. Um, now that you feel like brought me down memory lane, I want to keep going. Yeah. it's. Uh, I can imagine the stories that, that you're, you have um, throughout the history of the sport. It's incredible. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Really appreciate it, and I hope to meet you one day. That'd be that'll be cool. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I really appreciate being invited, um, and I feel lucky to have been able to hopefully, you know, share some right. some interesting things with anybody uh, that's listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Got a few laughs. Uh, maybe learned a few things and right. about Fox and about our history. Cool. Well, thanks again, Pete. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.